All right, I, I want to get to, to Jill, because Jill, you've worked in Downing Street. You've seen how difficult it is every day with everything coming at you. And there was a little bit of this testimony where you have the Prime Minister's fiance worrying about a dog, according to Dominic Cummings, and you have the President Trump saying, we're going to bomb somewhere, do you want to join us? And there's a lot going on. What was your, what did you make of the kind of picture of dysfunction in number 10? I thought it was very interesting. Uh, I mean, as you say, that's sort of obviously a bit more extreme, but like a normal day in number 10. And of course, Dominic Cummings' big critique was about the inadequacy of the Prime Minister, that the Prime Minister wasn't particularly seen to be taking this seriously, didn't seem to be able to prioritise properly the notion that actually the Prime Minister had to be kept away from COBRA, meeting, Cobra meetings in February because he might actually make government take it less seriously than it otherwise would do. I thought actually February's a missing month was a problem, the sort of idea that they weren't you know, doing quite a bit to think what if this did come to our shores, what if this what if this does turn into something more serious than we think and we're a bit wrong? Should we stress test that plan? The fact that I thought the communications between Cabinet Office and the Department of Health, obviously we'll hear Matt Hancock's version of this either tomorrow if he answers Jonathan Ashworth's urgent question or in two weeks' time when he's summoned in front of this committee, because the big charges against Department of Health were basically that number 10 couldn't trust what Department of Health mm. were telling them. But Jill, look, I want to, I want to push that's you... That's very difficult from number 10 to second-guess a department who if, if, owns if, the information. But I, what I want to know is, do you think this is normal Downing Street, or is this administration particularly chaotic? I mean, because there was another interesting exchange where Dominic Cummings says the Prime Minister essentially preferred chaos to sorting it out because people would have to defer to him in the chaos and the, the, the Prime Minister perhaps would have more power and the Prime Minister more scared of Dominic Cummings clearing up the chaos than of the chaos itself. Now, now is it more chaotic on the description than usual? Um... I mean, no government since the Second World War has had to cope with anything on this scale. What I thought was most interesting was all the references to where decisions were being made. I mean, lots of people were noting absolutely zero references to cabinet. Uh, Dominic Cummings repeatedly called them Potemkin meetings, i.e. meetings just for show. But the, the Prime Minister actually wasn't even sharing a lot of those decisions with his most significant colleagues. There was no sense. Remember when we left the European exchange rate mechanism, there was a phrase I don't really want to use in this context, but the idea that you had to get other cabinet ministers to take a degree of responsibility for a difficult decision. The fact that the prime minister basically seems to be such a loner and so dependent on a very few advisers but willing to overrule them was the thing that was extraordinarily striking. You have to say, I mean, Stephen has said no groupthink. I mean, it didn't even seem to be a group, actually. It seemed that a lot of the decisions were really resting with the prime minister alone and that he wasn't sharing any of those burdens of office with his colleagues. So it looks to me as though we have a cabinet that is seriously non-functional. I'm not sure dysfunctional is the word. It just seems to be not functioning at all.